Suffolk Pod Show is produced and managed by podtalk.co.uk. I'm Mark Mason. And I'm Susanna Hornby. Yeah, so my advice is just to keep getting out there, keep getting back out, keep getting back up and keep going for it and you'll grow. Episode 23, Susanna talks to Kelly Pepper, an ultra trail runner, about life and adventures. Welcome back to the Suffolk Pod Show and a very warm welcome to Kelly Pepper. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Zana. How are you? I, oh, I'm really, really well, thank you. And how are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you. Thanks for having me. What you do is amazing, but I need to know straight off, what is ultra running? So ultra running is basically running anything upwards of a marathon. So common distances might be 50k or 50 miles or 100 miles. Mm-hmm. I mean, races are, there's so many elements to ultra running. It could be a mountainous race. It could be a flat race. They say one of the most difficult races is called a spine race. And it's along the Pennine Way in the middle of winter, which mm-hmm. is like bogs. And I think mm-hmm. it's about 260 miles. There's so many elements to ultra running, but basically it's it's just anything upwards of a marathon distance. That's incredible. I mean, I can't imagine running that far. And at the moment, I can't even imagine driving that far with the lockdown. But, um, <laughs> you know, this must take a lot of time. But you love the outdoors. You grew up in the country. Always loved the outdoors. Um, I was really lucky to have an outdoorsy childhood with lots of animals. And we had a pond and quite a bit of land. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I just spent my childhood outdoors with my brothers climbing trees, mm-hmm. sort of being in kids in the countryside. I've always just loved being outside. And what about running outside? When did you start doing that? To be honest with you, I I think I've run my entire life and it sounds crazy, but I just didn't like to walk anywhere. So um, (laughs) I'd go and sort of knock for friends, but I would always run there and I would always run home and I just didn't like walking. So I've always run. I know it sounds crazy. Through my childhood, I used to often just go and run sort of footpaths around my house, just Mm. for a bit of headspace, really. Mm. And then through school, I think they realised I liked running and tried to push me into sort of sprints and relays and and all sorts and I just I really struggled with it I kind of lost my love for it but I was diagnosed quite early on with asthma and I used to get quite panicky with it so anything sort of sprint work it really scared me so I kind of backed off and didn't think I liked running even though it was a different type of running that I enjoyed so I enjoyed sort of the slower paced outdoorsy stuff rather than the really fast competitive stuff Mm. and with the slow paced stuff I could handle that with my asthma as well. I'll ask you later about how you manage that. Do you still have asthma now? Yeah, I still have asthma and it still really impacts me, but um, you can't beat asthma, but I definitely learned to live with it and train with it. So you left school and I think you had children quite young, didn't you? Yes, I I did. I was pregnant at 18, mm-hmm. so really young. And I, I had two daughters by the age of 20. Mm-hmm. And I was also a single mom. That must have been incredibly challenging, Kelly. <laughs> it was quite challenging, yes. But I, I certainly wouldn't change it. You know, we had a great time. We made the most of it. But yeah, it was, it was tough. Physically and mentally a strain on you. And I thought, so young. I think I felt like I needed to prove myself quite early on. Like I didn't want to be the stereotypical single mom. I didn't want to be stereotyped. So I wanted to provide. I wanted to work hard. I wanted to set an example. You know, I did. So I had a couple of jobs and yeah, it was it was really tough. Like we just managed and 
I think because I was so young, my mum, she said to me, Kelly, I've had my children and I'm not raising yours. So she made it very clear early on that she wasn't going to assist me in that way. And um, the dad had actually, he'd moved to Spain. So he, I was literally on my own, but, you know, um, we made it work. It was mm. fine. It, just, it was tough though. Yeah, definitely. A lot of pressure. I can imagine. But you set up a business. You, you're a designer. It's a bit of a random story, really. So I'm actually a hairdresser. So when my children were school age um, and I was working through the summer, they they had to go into childcare. So I continued to work and it, it was such a lot of money. So I wasn't making enough at the salon to sort of cover it and obviously provide. So I looked at going mobile. So I thought, well, hang on, I can build up a business. I can work around the children. I can work from home, that kind of thing. Um, so I went to build a website. Well, I went to get a quote for a website and it was ridiculous money, way out of my budget. Mm. So I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to build myself one. <laughs> so <laughs> I did. I literally spent every sort of night for about six months teaching myself basically how to, how to design and code and mm-hmm. everything that went with it. Mm-hmm. And then um, set up a website. I built my hairdressing business. And then on the back of it, I started. I started to get clients sort of ask me, oh, Kelly, you know, would you mind building me a website? I found sort of cheats to making them. So I was able to provide them quite affordable for startups. So Mm. I kind of got a reputation for building websites for startup businesses. So it just kind of took off. And I had lots of people asking me to build them websites more so than probably had hair. So I had an accidental business, basically. I built a business that was never intended to build. um, And you just kind of go with it. So... So that's how that <laughs> how it evolved. Came about. Yeah. I call that a serendipity. <laughs> I think that's the right word. A happy accident. Yes. <laughs> it was just one of those strange things that I suddenly found myself with a website business, which is crazy. And then whilst you're doing that, you must have met your husband, Mike. It's funny how it all pans out. So I met Mike, who, I mean, he's my polar opposite. I mean, we literally couldn't be any different. He kind of reins me in a little bit and, and kind of keeps me on track. So he came along from sort of a sales background and marketing background. I think together we, we kind of nailed it and we, we, we launched a business. We got some offices in town. You know, it kind of took off. So, yeah, this I mean... Was, I guess that was about 10 years ago now. So mm. business is still going strong. I actually, I don't, <laughs> I don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, we did try to work together, but it, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not very manageable. So um, he does that. But to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I just don't, I don't enjoy sitting behind a desk and mm. being in front of technology. It's, it messes with my mind mm. and I'm, I'm quite a social person. I like to speak to people and see people and kind of um, not be confined to a desk. So mm. I just said, as soon as we were in a position where I could sort of like um, step away from it, I just said to Mike, you know, I, I just want to do something that I enjoy. And I was lucky enough to do that. So, mm. you know, I enjoy hairdressing. Basically, Mike manages that. I, I do my hairdressing. Well, actually, I, I organize events now, as you know. So yeah. Yeah. that takes up a lot of time as well. Yeah. Now, it was when you <laughs> so, met Mike yeah, that so- Mike realized that you had a passion for running. Yeah. So when I met Mike, I I wasn't doing a lot of running. I think I met Mike at an age when my children were just sort of getting to that age where I could maybe leave them for a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. Before that, I was a single mum. I literally had no spare time. So Mm -hmm. and the more sort of time that I had for myself, the more I was able to get out. And I kind of it just kind of came about at the same sort of times that I met Mike and Mm -hmm. he encouraged me to get out and, and do it more. And yeah, and then it just kind of escalated from there, really. But the more I did, the more enjoyable it became. And mm. just it kind of, it just changed me over the years. I find, I, I hear this from a lot of runners, 
that you start running and, you, and it's fine, but you, you begin to become addicted to it almost and it gets easier and easier. It's such a rewarding sport. I mean, for me, I've always really struggled to manage my stress. Like my brain doesn't switch off. I find it really difficult to switch my brain off. It's constantly overthinking things. Mm. Um, and obviously in this day and age, and you're on technology all the time, um, it's hard to just, just switch off. Mm. So for me, running gives me a, an escape. And it's almost like it's a ritual. So I quite often will run at night, um, usually in the dark with the head torch. And it's just my way of processing what's happened through the day. And I can ditch what I don't need. And then I can kind of sleep easy at night. Mm. And it, it, it just helps me manage stress, I guess. Yeah. And also... Uh, randomly so I developed tinnitus um in 2010 mm. I think it's mm. um which I didn't realize until recently it was actually stress related when I first developed it it was unbearable and I just thought I cannot live with this so I, mm. said to, I remember saying to Mike you know this is so bad that I'm not afraid of dying because it will stop and I haven't got to listen to it anymore that was how bad it was mm. and then it kind of just disappeared and I had probably six years where it just didn't bother me and I thought I haven't you know if I listened to it I could hear it so I still had it but it wasn't bothering me mm. and then we moved house and things got a little bit stressful and then my tinnitus came back and I went back for scans and they you know you have to go and get it checked but he said no it's all fine but it, it is linked to stress and I said well I was going through a stressful time so it all made sense um mm. And I said, why, why hasn't it bothered me? He said, probably because you run. He said, you've, you're very good at self-managing your stress. So, yeah, I think, <laughs> I, think I, I think I do use it as a kind of to manage my tinnitus yeah. as well. My tinnitus is now like a stress recognizer. It kind of, when it rears up, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm stressed. What, what is it that's bothering me? Because you can't always recognize it. But, you know, you started running and you started running medium distances, I assume. But at some point you decided, I know what, I'm going to go and do a marathon with my brother. I, yeah, my younger brother, challenged, he said, Carl, come and run a marathon with us over in Stockholm. And I was like, absolutely not. He's like, come on, it'll be fun. And at this time there was like nothing, no material, no training plans. It was really difficult to find anybody that had run a marathon before to try and get any kind of information. So <laughs> we just kind of like I agreed to it um, and we just kind of winged it. I mean, we didn't know what we were doing. So we were just going out, I think, running maybe you know, a few miles thinking we were like um, um, amazing. And we kind of winged it. I think, yeah, we went out to Stockholm and we did our first marathon. I think mine was like five hours um and I just thought it was the most horrendous thing in my life but looking back now I think we barely trained we thought we trained but we had we'd done barely anything mm. um yeah I think that yeah then we got pretty hooked after that you went back the next year so and then did my it again. older brother challenged me. <laughs> yeah my older brother was like oh you know I'm not having that so um yeah I went and ran with him the next year and it was oh, I think it was um in May um, but it was like the worst weather they had ever had at that time of year. And it was like minus um, some conditions. It was absolutely freezing. I remember trying to, um, my, my, I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't do anything. My hands had, had, were like frozen. Um, it was, it was really tough. It was, it was awful, absolutely awful. But so I think the thing is the the more awful the race, the greater 
the finish that mm. like you're just buzzing it's it's like you've been through such an ordeal um and you're like I did that I, I I made it I didn't give up and I kept going and it was horrendous and awful but I carried on going and I'm you just feel a bit badass for doing that so I got hooked <laughs> I think it's I find it amazing and I want to talk about your races now Tell us about the races that you've done more recently and the times you've done. When you compare, it's it's just amazing. I guess my most recent race was in October, so just a few months ago. And that was a trail championship race, mm-hmm. um, middle distance. So I think it was um, 30 miles. Mm-hmm. What did I do that in? Just shy of four hours. Um, I think I, my marathon time in that, it's bizarre that I know, I know my marathon time more than my finish time. Mm-hmm. My marathon time was... 328 when you're running trail races there and especially in winter it's basically a mud fest mm. so it was along a canal path and probably a good um it was now some back so you run 50 yeah it was 30 miles 15 miles one way 15 miles the other way and a good sort of six <laughs> six miles section of that was complete mud and it's like you're literally Bambi and trying not to fall in the canal. Um, so, yeah, it's that slows you down a lot. Um, but, yeah, so so my marathon time on that was 3.28. That sounds yeah. great. I have um, no idea, but it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good time for um, somebody that, you know, did a road marathon at five hours. So yeah. it's quite an improvement. Yeah, I can see the yeah. comparison now. I finished that race um second lady so it's quite impressive yeah, pretty good very impressive yeah now thank you i saw some photographs of you running with a children's buggy what was that what were you doing when i met mike we had two more children yeah um that was 2014 and 2016 and that was about the time i was starting to get into ultras so <laughs> um yeah, so when I had Joss, I invested in a running buggy and we just, she was a really, actually both my um, later children were really awkward babies. They just wouldn't self-settle or they were hard work. And mm. so I used to just stick them in the buggy and we used to go run and um, <laughs> and that, yeah, and that kind of coincided with my, my ultra training. So I think that's probably why I did so well that year. I just spent so much time running. With it being maternity, I was able to just do it more, so I wasn't working mm. as much. We did park run. I think actually my park run PB is with a buggy, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> I don't do that many, but <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I think actually that's when I started to really sort of discover um, trail running, so mm. more sort of out on the, in, off the road and onto the footpaths mm-hmm. it was just way it was a nicer experience for a child I didn't like to keep running on roads and things so yeah we used to just go for hours on on the countryside and just go and explore it was just a cool thing to do and we loved it yeah you've got a brilliant Instagram page so I tell everyone to go and look at it afterwards but you have some brilliant films you're not running alone when I'm training for big races my training can go up to about 36 miles mm-hmm. so we're often and we need to make so I, my, I, I try to train as hard as possible so that I can race easy mm. I try to make the races as close to the environment that I'm going to so if I'm running a mountain I'm trying to make them really hilly if I'm running sort of winter races I'll make sure that I'll go and run tra- like muddy muddy trails so I get used to whatever terrain I'm training for mm. when I started I, I wanted to keep to um, the countryside but you know I didn't know it that well mm. so I used to say I, I said to my dad I was like can you just 
showing me some some footpaths, some nice routes. Um, so he used to come out on his bike, you know. And when I started, I was like quite a lot slower. So we'd just go out for lovely days and go and explore and go and run. And we just mm. just went all over Suffolk. Um, him on his mountain bike, me running. And over the years, of course, I've got better. <laughs> so I've got faster. He's got faster. <laughs> I mean, he's seventy next year, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we I think we're going out for twenty five miles tomorrow. We did twenty last week. Uh-huh. Um, and this is like really, you know, again, it's mud, it's winter, it's tough trails. And he, he keeps up with me. But, yeah, we've just discovered recently, um, you know, we've been doing this for like eight years. But I also organise events. We'd bought a GoPro to um, to film some routes to show our runners, you know, any new routes and things like that. My dad went and bought like a little... Uh, attachment for his bike he's like Kel I've got a I've got an attachment we can just put the GoPro on the bike I was like oh, that's a great idea we'll keep it steady yeah so we did we went out for one of our runs and GoPro is really good at kind of self-editing anyway so I didn't actually do a lot and I just kind of put a little bit of a music track to it and mm. I put it onto my Instagram and um and Twitter I think and it just blew up like I had so many people message me going you know that's actually seeing what you do is is, and and being able to visualize it has made me want to get into it or I've you know I've got out of bed this morning I've gone and run because I've seen that video and it's Mm. kind of just it's I mean it was a beautiful route and it just kind of really showed the sport you know it shows exactly what it is that we do which is is quite difficult to explain seeing the visual and seeing the videos is is really powerful Mm. and yeah it does encourage people to get out there so we've been doing a few of them recently (laughs) well they're great they're just a bit of fun he enjoys filming oh it's great for you both how nice to go out with your dad and do that what lovely thing yeah 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 absolutely it's really i'm really lucky to be able to do that now you have to be obviously very fit to be an ultra runner and this must involve other training and diet there's all sorts of levels to ultra running so you know some people just roll up on race day and hike it but I've always you know I I, I don't want to have a suffer fest so I really want to like I said I want to train hard and I want to race easy so um, and I do everything that I can to try and put my body into the best shape for that nutrition is quite big just because um you know, if you eat well, your body recovers quicker. It's you've got more energy. You can build muscle quicker. There's all sorts of benefits to a really good nutritional lifestyle. Mm. Um, but you know, I'm all for balance as well. You know, I had fish and chips last night. Good for you. you. Know. Um, yeah, <laughs> you got to keep it real. <laughs> but yeah, no, I generally try to to eat quite healthy, and it's just really I'm just mindful about muscle repair, and I just want to. I'm 40 this year which mm-hmm. is how did that happen um <laughs> it's not as easy as as when you're in your 20s so nutrition is huge and it really does help and it keeps you strong so yeah it's been it's a big kind of thing I, I do my best mm. but I'm not perfect but um and then yeah I do like cross training so we just converted our garage into a gym mm-hmm. um I spent a lot of time out there actually with the children so we we're all able to train together mm-hmm. yeah and I do lots of like core work where I just um, like lots of squats and mm-hmm. I'm really I set a few goals this year actually which are a bit random but one of them was to be able to do like 10 pull-ups so I'm working on that which is um, it's building my core anyway which all helps with running mm-hmm. so I think whatever you do if you adding another kind of element to, to training just helps break it up mm-hmm. and and yeah, actually, one one thing that I've been doing this last um, this lockdown, I guess, is skipping. 
It's mm. ridiculous. Oh my gosh, honestly. You wouldn't think that I, I'm an ultra runner when you see me skirt because I, I can't even do five minutes. I'm literally <laughs> sweating. <laughs> it's so tough. But I love that. I love the fact that, you know, things are, are not easy when mm. you start and um, they challenge you. So yeah. I, think I think it's really it's interesting. Fun. I mean, skipping is all about coordination, but also training is to avoid injury too. Yeah, massively. Injury is just the worst thing. So, yeah, I work a lot on like mobility. So runners are notoriously not good at stretching and things like that. So I do try to make an effort, but I've got a like a massager gun thing now, which every single night I I spend a good amount of time loosening up my muscles. Mm -hmm. And I think that that helps loads. It's kept me injury free this last lockdown, Mm -hmm. which is this last year. So you know, that's incredible. Normally, I'll have some sort of niggle, mm. um, but I probably run more miles this year than I have any other year, and I'm just staying on top of it. It's having the time as well, you know, when you're this, you know, we've been, all been lucky this year that we've just been given this time. And for me, I've just really focused it on becoming, a, you know, the best that I can be and doing all those things that I probably wouldn't have done when I'm, you know, not finishing work until nine o'clock at night and, mm. and you've got other things to do. So, yeah, it's just allowed a bit of time to really, really focus. And I think it it, it makes massive differences. It it really does help, mm. help train. So You're sort of persuading yeah. me. It's going to take a lot more. <laughs> I'm kind of getting there. <laughs> well, um, listen, you want to, and you do, but you want to promote running, especially to women and kids. Yeah, I'm really keen to promote trail running, actually, and especially amongst women and children, be- just because I think... I think it's not an obvious choice um, for women to go, you know, off on footpaths Mm. um, in the middle of nowhere on their own. And it can be quite daunting, but the plus side and the benefits that you get from it, absolutely amazing. And it's not just about your physical health. And obviously, obviously, we've already spoken about it being great for your mind, but Mm. it's it's just a confidence builder as well. Mm. Um, For me, it's, it's been an absolute life changer in terms of like, growing and acceptance and you know I just don't feel like I have anything to prove anymore Mm. and I think growing up especially from you know having children young and always felt a pressure that I needed to prove myself and Mm. and um, I think running and being away from things and just having that time to really think and really evaluate what what's important in life it changes you as a person Mm. and it just I don't care about those things I don't care what people think of me anymore you know I do the best that I can do for me and my family and it's just an absolute for me it's been a life changer it's changed the person that I am for the better without a doubt confidence and you know acceptance and everything else brilliant now what's your instagram page my instagram page is she underscore runs underscore trails simple and it is a brilliant page honestly i think i like something you put up every day so (laughs) that's just it's inspiring kelly it really is um so we should we go for what's next on the kelly pepper Mission? What are you doing next? Where are you running next? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm currently training for two things. One of them, I mean, my A race this year is a um, 100 mile mountain race in the Pyrenees. It's the Val d'Aron. 
UTMB race, which is one of the main ones. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a really tough race, um, and I need to get in a lot of hill training, which is really tough when you live in Suffolk. <laughs> Gonna say, um, but so that's my that's my big going to be a challenge. Um, but I, I I I guess I had a little bit of a taste of a mountain race um, beginning of last year. I did um, 65k in Transvan um, in Gran Canaria, mm-hmm. and oh my gosh actually one of the smallest distances that I've done but oh my gosh I don't I just it challenged me on so many levels Mm. and I just I love that I hated it but I loved being challenged so this is just kind of the next level up it's it's um yeah it scares me and um so I'm I'm thoroughly looking forward to that but yeah so training (laughs) it's not until July but training is already it's already started because I'm gonna try and make that as easy on the day as I possibly can it's Uh, never gonna be easy um and the second thing that I'm training for is a little bit closer to home it's have you heard of FKTs no no probably not (laughs) so they really boomed um during the pandemic I guess um as races have been off the off the diary they are called fkt so fastest known times and there's a website and um you basically go and look for a path that might be on this website and you run it in the fastest time possible Mm. so you can get records on different paths and there's one that really appeals to me along the norfolk coastal path i think it's 86 miles and at the moment there's um there's no women records on it so i want to go and set one on that so i'm kind of hoping to do that as soon as they lessen restrictions and um so we can start to travel again be straight over there on the coast yeah beautiful as well and i think that's the other thing about this sport it's amazing like in terms of traveling and and what you see, it's just mind blowing. I've seen things that I would never normally see. And it makes you think differently about where you want to go. Mm. So holidays now are more like, where's got a mountain or where's, you know, got a beautiful lake? Where where can I run? And so um yeah, it's we've we've it's it's changed everything mm. for the better. So so yeah, that's what I'm training for. Yeah. Well, good luck with both those and we'll follow it anyway because um I'm no doubt you'll you'll take us through the journey on your on your social media accounts. <laughs> I will try my best. Good. Although you're right, to, um... your dad can't come with you cycling behind you on that <laughs> across the Pyrenees. <laughs> no, no, he kind of, he he doesn't do hills. Bless him. So <laughs> sensible man. Now, um, yes. let's just finish with some advice. Give us some inspiration to finish with. So there's a quote that I absolutely love. It's called The Man in the Arena by um, Theodore Roosevelt. It's about being the man in the arena. So putting yourself out there, doing brave things and pushing yourself and challenging yourself and not listening to the critics because you always have critics. You always have somebody that tells you how to do it or how you're doing it wrong. But it doesn't matter about those because they're not in the arena. You're the one that's there. You're the one that's doing it. So I think The thing, my advice would be to not worry about anybody else or anybody's thoughts or what they think of you. Just get out there. If you fail, you're going to fail. Who cares? You can pick yourself up and you can try again. I mean, I've failed so many times. We all have. And Mm -hmm. that's how we learn. So don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to fail um, because it's going to happen. And yeah, so my advice is just to keep getting out there, keep getting back out, keep getting back up and keep going for it and you'll grow 
Thank you, Kelly. That's amazing. Right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure and very enlightening talking to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Take care and we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to The Suffolk Pod Show. Find us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Or you can visit our website, podtalk.co.uk. And here's our disclaimer. The Suffolk Pod Show will not be held responsible for any omissions or errors in its podcast. The Suffolk Pod Show is produced purely for entertainment purposes. Views and opinions are that of our own or that of our guests. (laughs) 